0: Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. It's Wednesday, middle of the month. We've got a great lineup for you today. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things, including that margins on physical goods may be increasing. We're going to talk about where used truck prices are. We're going to give you a state of the market update. And then don't forget the future of supply chain. Our next conference is coming up in Cleveland on June 21st, 22nd. It's going to be a great event, obviously, because I'll be there as Will Tanner but uh, it's gonna be exciting. We're gonna hear from a lot of different folks there. A lot of a lot of Sonar customers. Uh, Coca Cola will be there. Shopify will be there. Um, you know, the DHL will be there, among many others. It'll Be a very exciting event. I'm looking forward to it. And I don't think I've ever been to Cleveland.
1: Yeah, I haven't either. Uh, really looking forward to it. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is the house that we will be in. So really looking forward to that. Uh, it'll be a great time. And we're we're about a month away
0: about a month away. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a great time. A lot, a lot of industry leaders, they a lot of thinkers with Son will be happy along with a lot of other shows. Um, you know, it's interesting when we had when we last had future of supply chain. So last, um, year in Northwest Arkansas, the conversation I remember. So this is interesting. I remember having the, these conversations. I think about the events that I went to last year and The very first event that I went to last year was Food Shippers of America. It's Conference is held every year. And that was in February of 2022. At that time, we already started to see the market soften in the sonar data, but like at that point, everything was still at all time high, contract rates were still rising. And I remember talking to a couple of carriers there who were, I was saying like, yeah, the markets, it it looks like it's flipping guys, like it's coming down. We didn't know how soft or how much it had come down. Like it obviously is today because this was only February of 2022. And they were, they thought I was nuts. They thought I was nuts. Then we get to future supply chain. All of a sudden it's like, okay, guys, there might be something here, but contract rates were still right around their all time high, right? That was at Northwest Arkansas. Then you get to F3. Everybody's like, yeah, guys, market flipped. Market flipped, but it's going to rebound. It's going to rebound. But yeah, we, we, we see that it flipped. Now here we are again. I went to the same food shippers conference again. Everybody's like, man, it's bad it can't get worse. Tanner, where are we going? What's the conversation gonna be like at future supply chain?
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a rough conversation. Cause I think even in May, you're talking about at, at the beginning of May, everybody's like, okay, we're at a bottom, we're looking good. Like we're eventually gonna recover. We're kind of lead, maybe there'll be some summer produce and it's just, it hasn't happened yet. So the conversation, it's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna, you know, people are gonna ask questions about wh- where do we go from here? Who's got the right data? What are my options? It's. I think it's going to be a little bit more. I'd say hectic and a little bit of a frenzy more than it's going to be more about like oh well we're seeing this and we're seeing that.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you're right, and it's it's. Um, you know, we're still seeing pretty high inflation numbers too, and I, I don't think that's helping. And a lot of a lot of companies are trying to get their margins back. They're trying to get their margins back. We've um we we've been looking a lot at um the PPI index, which is basically the cost that. Uh, manufacturers have to pay in order to get their goods, compared to the CPI, which is the Consumer Price Index, which is really the price we as consumers pay. So as that goes up, it means we face inflation. If PPI goes up, it means that businesses are facing that inflation.
1: Absolutely. And over the last two and a half years, as that inflation has gone up on producers, they haven't necessarily passed all that off onto consumers. We've seen the margin compression from a retailer's perspective, and now. I think those, I think those margins are starting to expand again. So it's going to be interesting to see what we do with inflation. It seems that the Fed, Luke, what is your opinion? Do you think that the Fed has done fairly well on a soft landing with inflation? Or do you think that they have a lot more room to go?
0: I feel like you just asked me a multi-trillion dollar question and I love it. Okay. I am all about it. Yes, I will happily partake in crystal ball predicting, uh, You know, honestly, if you had asked this question six months ago, I'd be like, they're morons, what are they doing? Now I'm like, I mean, maybe maybe there's kind of sort of a soft landing coming, we'll see. We haven't felt the full impact of the increases, that's true, so there is a layer of unknown there, but I mean, is it a pleasant landing? No, it hurts, we all feel it, but it's the, I I think that, I mean, I'm gonna sound like a broken record here, but if the job market holds up, somewhat sort of like it still is then yes i'd say the soft landing is achieved the question though is the participation rate is a little lower so it's not quite a, so even though the unemployment rate is at an all-time lower right around it the participation rate is not at an all-time low so you know you you've got some que- questions there i think to ask but i mean right now it kind of feels like they're in line or or you know hitting that hitting that soft landing It feels like it right now.
1: Yeah, it does. I I respect the fact that Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve have stuck to their guns. They've kept the same message. They haven't changed what they've been doing. They're on the same game plan. I think he's got a few challenges ahead of him. I think 2% inflation is no longer realistically like an achievable number. They set that back in 2012. So think about that. 2% expectations have been in place for about 11 years now. The amount of growth that, our GDP has had, the amount of growth that our entire country and the world has had, I, just, I don't see 2% being a realistic number anymore. Do you think it needs to be higher or lower? I think it needs to be higher. I think we're looking at, honestly, roughly a 4 to 5% inflation rate as an expectation. I think they raise interest rates again. I don't think they're done. <laughs> I don't think they're done. I think he has also, I, I agree with you, because I think there's going to be a huge decision in the fact that what happens with student loan debt. That's going to be a huge impact. I mean, you're talking- A lot of money coming out of the monthly $4, budget. $500 on monthly budgets of disposable income that consumers have had freed up the last couple yeah. of years. So. Absolutely. Yeah, that'll, that'll, that
0: that's actually, I think, a bearish sign for the freight markets, right? I mean, we talk about that. So if student loan repayments come back in, you be, well, what does that have to do with freight markets? Well, if people- now have three hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars less a month to spend buying stuff. What does that mean? Well, if they're buying less stuff. There's less goods that are moving, less freight volumes. We could have another leg down. Now may not be that extreme, but I would say that's certainly not a, that's certainly not a positive sign for the trucking market. We've already seen people shift, you know, a lot of their spending back to services. If you take more money out of their budget
1: there's a chance that could take away from some of their physical goods spending. Absolutely. And I think we've kind of already seen that, right? Inflation is starting to slow down. People have stopped spending money because they've been putting so much money on their credit cards. And you got to think the reason that the freight market was so good over the last couple of years is because of that demand. And leading into our next topic is drivers i mean you could not find a truck anywhere so if you wanted to enter the market or if you wanted to upgrade your truck you couldn't find one so therefore that increased the demand for the truck prices an 18 wheeler semi truck price and moving on to our next chart here looking at the average 3 year old truck price in the marketplace um it's it, th- this steep is is it peak is is very high i mean so, as of 12 months ago, so May of 2022, the average three-year-old semi-truck was worth about $140,000, Luke. It's a lot of pizza. It's a lot of pizza. And the problem is that that's, you know, okay, that's okay. If demand is increasing, you're able to pay your bills. Right. Rates are up. A, you, rates are up. You money coming in. You're sitting pretty, right? Yeah. Why why not go buy a... a an investment. A, it's an investment, right? But... Or a year later, Luke, it is now May of 2023, and that same $140,000 truck is now worth $85,000. Talk to me. Talk to me. T- Taylor. what does
0: that mean? I bought my truck $140,000 on rates. were at, you know, $25 billion a mile.
1: Now they're at, you know, 213 a mile. Yeah. What does that mean for me? So what, mean for hey, me? if you know what, if you bought a hundred and forty thousand dollar truck in the market last year, you had a zero percent interest rate, that's a right. five year loan, you're good zero percent. So all you're doing is paying principal. You're, you're sending easy easy, easy. You're making three fifty in the spot market, you're rolling easy. in the dough. Yeah, I guess now what? Now that same truck that's worth eighty five thousand dollars, you've only applied twenty five thousand dollars towards your principal. So you're 10. you're upside down thirty thousand dollars in your loan, which again, it's fine. If rates are rolling, but now you've got rates at the floor that have fallen to a dollar, what thirty dollar fifty line on the spot or get plus fuel. Oh man, oh man. So, so all of a sudden,
0: buying a truck as an investment kind of looks like you know when you know some knuckleheads buy their uh, buy their Pokemon cards and right. you know hope that that value keeps going up. There's a big Pokemon craze there for a while. Some of the Pokemon cards going for <laughs> six figures, um, or even even more in some cases. Anyways, yeah. So um yeah, that's that's a that's a really tough situation to be in. Tough situation. And it looks like we might we might still be falling on these uh used truck prices. So basically what this means, Tanner, is I can't get out of this. Right? I mean I I have to pay off the principal at a faster rate
1: than the truck cost is falling in order for me to kind of catch that falling knife. Correct, but you can't do that if you're not operational running a profit. Right. So if your costs are high and rates are dropping, you're not making enough revenue. You could be making enough revenue, Luke, to pay that truck payment, but you're not gonna be able to make enough revenue to put any additional towards that principle. Right. And if rates do continue to fall, which if we thought they were done, but they obviously aren't, if you're a smaller owner operator or a smaller carrier that's running a lot of spot market freight and those rates continue to drop, you will start to get to a point where you can't make that truck payment. And Luke, what happens if you own a vehicle and you don't make your truck payments? You don't have very long before it's taken away. Before the repo man comes and gets you. That's it. And that, that's the issues. I, I think you're going to start to see repossessions start to uptake. Mm. I think you're going to see a lot of um, of people filing for bankruptcy. Uh, and that's an issue. And you know what? It might, it might not affect our industry too much if it's an owner-operator here or there. But there were a lot of asset-based carriers that are in the 500-truck range, 800-truck range, 1,000-truck range that locked in an awesome contract 12 months ago. And they went out and upgraded their entire fleet. Yeah. So now it's just not one truck that's all upside truck down. Raises. It's um, not just one truck that's upside down. It's all 400 that they went and upgraded They're okay. upside down.
0: And yeah, I think they have higher insurance premiums that they're having to pay, right? The maintenance cost is up, right? Obviously, your dispatcher's cost mm-hmm. is up right yeah i mean everything's up revenue's going down costs are going up um revenue per shipment's going down number of shipments is going down and costs are going up that's a that's a tough place that's a really tough place to be um in the market right now um you know and i think i mean the the signals the signals were there i think in in late twenty twenty one that the market had already peaked and it was coming down at least from a supply and demand perspective so you know, important to to stay away from that. What I, I think is going to be interesting is, you know, do we fall back down to those 2019 levels or even 2020? I mean, if you look on that, that last chart, I know we took it away, but the 2020 truck prices were pretty low for most of 2020. It wasn't really until Q4 that they really started to increase. So yeah. 2020 was the time to get in the market. I mean,
1: my goodness. Yeah, you were getting trucks at 30 grand. 40 grand, three-year-old, that's a three-year-old truck. So back then in 2020, you're talking about a, a fairly decent 2017 Peterbilt. Like that's a decent truck that's back great. in twenty. For, for 30, 40 grand. And yeah, that's that—that's an issue. And, and I, I, I agree with you. I think these used truck prices continue to fall. I think another thing that's going to be an issue is that we saw a lot of brand new Class 8 truckload orders. I think Volvo came out two, three weeks ago. Freightways posted an article about it. How about they came, their executive came out and said, "Ah, we're not worried. Our, Our backfill of orders is looking great. We've got more demand than we can even fulfill. Our forecast guidance is terrific. Luke, what happens if rates continue to fall and some of those larger asset carriers start to cancel some of those orders? All of a sudden, that,
0: backf- that backfill may not be there ever, and much longer. You yeah, got problems. Got to give an update to the shareholders. Yeah, and, I mean, it'll be I mean, listen, there's there's always going to be people buying trucks. Always going to be people ordering trucks, right? I mean, we, we know that. nothing's going to zero. At the end of the day, nothing's going to go to zero. Physical goods still have to move. We are in an inflection period right now, where it's are we at the bottom or are we not? What, what I do think is going to be interesting is I don't think we're going to stay at the bottom very long. That's not to say that I don't think, that's not to say that there's gonna be a, rec- a fast recovery. I don't think there's gonna be a fast recovery, but I do think we will bounce off a bottom and then we will kind of enter into this period where we have kind of a sustained down period, right? So it's not at the bottom, but it's a sustained down period where the market effectively has to reset. I do wanna go back. One thing that we talked about earlier with uh, interest rates, I do wanna say this real quick, because this will definitely impact everything as you know, folks buy a lot of those new trucks as well. Um, I do think the Fed increases interest rates um, at least one more time. And I think one of two things will happen. They either achieve their target of 2% inflation by the end of this year, or, and they continue to raise rates until they do, or they reassess and a new strategy has to form. And I think they'll have to make that decision by the end of this year. Um, So interest rates could rise multiple times, which I think would surprise a lot of people. We could hit a 6% interest rate. I don't think the Fed wants to. I don't think they do. No. Well, I mean, what do we, terminal rate right now, five percent? Mm-hmm. That means mean four more quarter percent interest. They've already slowed down the interest rate hikes going on to a quarter percent now. I don't think they're done. I think they want to be done, but I don't think they're done. And I think we're gonna feel the impact of that pretty soon. Now, flip side, we talked a lot about, about trucking rates, right? What does this mean as we look at the spot in contract markets? The spread is getting bigger, right? Tanner, what is the what is the spread between spot and contract? Not necessarily the number, but like what does it mean?
1: Yeah, the spread between the contract and the spot market is showing you the difference or the contracting or expanding of what's happening of the truckload market cycle, yeah. right? So the spread of rates tells us everything we need to know about how long the cycle is, how close we are to the end, how close we are to the beginning, where's the peak, and where's the trough. Um so this is the B chart. If you want to understand how long the truck mar- truckload market cycle is and how close we're getting to the end of it, this is your chart. Mm-hmm. Um as you mentioned the actual number is around the 90 cent spread, right? So we're looking at line hauls here. So there's no fuel manipulation in this. This is strictly just the blue line is contract line hauls and the green line is the spot market line haul, right? And I I agree with you, Luke. A couple minutes ago, you said that your thoughts were that you thought that we are getting close to a bottom on the spot market, because as we know, the spot market leads the contracted market, Mm. right? It pulls on it. So if we get to close to a bottom and we kind of level out and we don't really see an increase, I think that is your indication to getting to the back end or the closing of the current market cycle. And I think what you're going to see happen is what we're looking for here on this chart is about a 20 cent spread between the contract and the spot market. If you can get to a 20 cent spread historically in the past market cycles, that is the ending of your trucking market cycle. Um, So how I think we're going to get there, I agree with you, Luke. I think spot markets are going to eventually hit a bottom. They'll level out and it's going to be the contracted rates that make up that difference to get to 20 cents.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think that's a great that's like a great summary there. We're looking for that twenty cent spread there. Once we achieve that, we're typically in the clear of like, okay, the market has found a bottom, at least in kind of the near term, and then we can talk about maybe another cycle starting. And it, it, what's interesting is if you look at if you look at twenty eighteen there, we don't have the spot rates there. That's just where the blue line starts. You see a big curve up because spot rates were really elevated in twenty seventeen and even into twenty eighteen. They started falling in the second half of twenty eighteen but contract rates rose a lot, then to, ma- to catch up to spot rates, then we can see there in the rest of 2018, they kind of leveled off together. And in 2019, things stayed level as well. So you had that period in 2018, 2017, where the rise happened, and then we flattened off and we had a period of flatness. And I think that's, that's what we're waiting for right now. Spot rates need to hit that flatness for an extended period of time. Contract rates come down, just like you said, 20 cents. And then we talk about another cycle starting. Um, now, in terms of what starts that next cycle, is it demand? Is it capacity leaving? Is there some black swan event? That's what we're going to figure out. Time will tell.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I I just don't see how, with everything we've talked about, with interest rates, student loans, how the economy, inflation is going to react. I don't see that black swan event, I guess you could call it, like you said, happening from a demand perspective. I think it's going to have to come from a supply constraint or a capacity shortage. Mm. And Luke, looking at this chart, there's one thing that sticks out to me that I think leads to that. And if you look at the, I know know the contracted line haul bubble is kind of blocking it, but the peak of the contracted market line hauls was May 22nd of 2022. so we are about five days away from being almost a year ago when the peak of the contracted market happened there was definitely contracted freight and rfps and business that was locked in at the height of the market a year ago right and as we know it's pretty common for contracted business to run on 12-month cycles right you lock in a 12-month rate you hold on to that that's what you get paid for 12 months but Luke, the big thing that is kind of worrisome to, to me and something that I'm communicating with our customers is, hey, if you're a carrier that locked in those contracted rates 12 months ago, right now you're in the process of rebidding those same contracts. So if you've been getting paid $3 a mile line haul on a contracted lane, you are now going to have to rebid about 50 cents per mile less than what you've been getting paid. Wow. And not to mention that... Brokerages, third-party logistics company, have gotten extremely, extremely aggressive about chasing after contracted business. So yeah. even though technically the average line haul right now is two dollars and forty-six cents, there are definitely companies out there that are going underneath what the current rate is, hoping to obtain additional business. Yeah. So, we, from from a carrier's perspective, or really anybody's perspective, who is locked into contracted rates. What does fifty cents per mile less in revenue do to you when one day you're making it and the next day you're not?
0: I mean, we, we can look at C H Robinson. C H Robinson from a year ago, that when they reported earnings not long ago, uh, over a twenty percent drop in revenue. Um, that's, I mean, you talk about you, you don't you don't get to you don't get to report a twenty percent drop in revenue. You know that is that is extreme. Now Wall Street didn't care and they actually treated their stock quite <laughs> fairly well which is, I don't know what's happening over there, but nobody really knows what goes on in the stock market. Anyways, but the the point is, is that the, yeah, I mean, uh, the, you start to have, you know, drops in revenue of that extreme, you need to tighten up your business really quickly. You, you I mean, you, you gotta trim the fat, you gotta trim the fat. It doesn't necessarily mean layoffs, sometimes it does, but you gotta find ways to cut costs and just run a much leaner, more optimized business, much better utilization. The, the, you don't know, you don't you don't get to make mistakes at that point when you have when you have a job of that extreme.
1: Yeah, you don't. And I think I think what we're going to see happen, in in my opinion, is I think a lot of these mid to large size carriers. So I'm talking 500 to 2,000 truck assets. A lot of those guys, yes, they made pretty good money over the last year, but I don't think they were stockpiling it as much as some of the giants. So my fear is that I think that that 500 to 2,000 truck range. That's who's gonna get hurt the most from this, right? I think we're gonna see a lot of consolidations. I, I think you are we're not done. I mean, know. we
0: saw the Night Swift, um, US Express one, which is still in the process of being executed. But I think we're gonna see a lot of consolidations in order for some of these companies to stay afloat. Because the reality is, and we know this, right? Trucking cannot go to zero. Physical goods have to move. Period and a story. But I think. We are going through such a painful period here to reset the trucking market that we, comes out of this on the other side is going to look very different than the one that came in. There's st- always going to be owner operators. There's always going to be small mid fleets, but I think the the bigger carriers are going to consume more. R- remember, the biggest trucking company in the U.S. really only has about 2.5% of the market. Imagine if they doubled to 5. Mm-hmm. Maybe they double again to 10, Right. We've never really been in an industry in the market. We've never seen a trucking market before where anybody has more than two to 3% of the market. Imagine if we start going through some of these cycles where you have a trucking company with 20 or 30% of the market, we look at, um, the shipping industry, right? The ocean industry, right? The top 10 shipping companies own 85 to 90% of the world's capacity. And the ocean markets went through a much bigger bull run than the, ocean, than the truckload markets did. You know, but then they've also fallen way harder on the flip side. You know, if, if that
1: consolidation continues, what impact does that have on those future cycles? I think that if, if it comes to that, I think eventually we're going to have regulation step back into the industry. It's been so deregulated since the 1930s when that act went into place, it's just, it's an open, free capital market, which is which is great. I and mean, that's what America's about. But yeah. I think you have a chance to see the government possibly step in. And the, the reason I say that is because 2008 housing crisis, there was oh. a lot of really bad compiled assets on companies' books from unrealized gains. 2023, exact same thing, except with the banking sector, right? SBB, some of the First Republic banks, they had a lot of really bad compiled assets with a lot of really un- large unrealized gains or unrealized losses. The same thing could possibly start to happen in the logistics industry.
0: Yeah, it's true. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. It'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. Um. Anyways, folks, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Remember, we have Future of Supply Chain in June. It's going to be a great event. There's never been a better time to come to one of these events, okay? You will have everybody that you could possibly want. Every industry leader is there. Remember, we're in a really tough time in the market, okay? We are not going to zero, okay? There is a place to weather the storm. There is a place to come out of this on top, right? We're gonna have to think differently. We're gonna have to be strategic. Love to have you at the event. I think it'll be a great time if you're able to make it. But if not, um, we'll see you live next Wednesday, of course. In the meantime, have a fantastic rest of your day and look for clips here on some of our social media platforms like YouTube and TikTok and others. Have a great day.